welcome back to another episode of the Brew Deck podcast and happy International Women's Day and Women's History Month. Uh, as is tradition, um, at least for the past two years now uh, on the Brew Deck podcast, we will be taking the month of March to talk about Pink Boots Brew and uh, women in the brewing industry. And I am joined by two amazing women in the brewing industry, uh, Natasha and Cheyenne. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be back for another year. Yeah, we definitely pull you in for this one quite often. But uh, I'm as okay we, with that. <laughs> as we have had Natasha on uh, the podcast a few times, I'm still going to make her introduce herself to everybody. So Natasha, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your current role with uh, Canada Malting. Yeah, I guess things have changed a little bit since last year. So great time for a reintroduction. Um, I am now a production supervisor at our plant here at Canada Malting in Calgary, Alberta. So been here for about three months now and I'm I'm really loving it. It's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, we're very happy to have you as part of our team. A few other notes on Natasha. Uh, she happens to be the Pink Boots uh, Canadian chapter president. Uh, she is also an advanced Cicerone and has done uh, judging for competitions such as GABF. Uh, recently, Natasha has made the switch to some non-alcoholic choices. So can you tell us some about uh, something about your favorite non-alcoholic uh, beer options right now, Natasha? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying them all. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's been really fun, but... But there's a couple that stood out for me. Um, Deschutes makes an incredible non-alcoholic version of uh, their Black Butte. And I actually tried it side by side with their leaded version or their alcohol version. And I was, you know, pretty impressed is, is what I would have to say there. They they really nailed that one. Um, who else is putting out some good stuff? Athletic, you know, they do a really good um, job of especially making you know, hop forward beers. Mm -hmm. That's something that I find is a little more difficult to find a non-alcoholic hop forward beer. They're doing a really good job of that. And then, um, you know, Beer Sons Alcool in Quebec does really good fruited sours. So yeah, I mean, I've been trying them all. (laughs) (laughs) You've got the palate for it too. So it's, it's good to hear there's really, really nice options out there. And we'll definitely have to check some of those out. Um, And you're going to be brewing uh, tomorrow for International Women's Day up at Alley Cat in Edmonton. Uh, Can you let us in on a little info about the brew? Correct. Yeah, I'm really excited because when I left my job as production manager at Establishment Brewing to come over to Canada Malting here, I was like, but where am I going to brew for for Pink Boots Brew? It's my 10th uh, year participating. So I uh, I got invited to a big collab brew up in Edmonton and Alley Cat Brewing is going to be the host up there. Uh, one of our members, Wynn, who works with Blind Enthusiasm, another great brewery up up in northern Alberta there, they uh, put together this amazing collab brew day. So we're brewing a hazy session ale. Um, I think there's going to be quite a group of us and they've kind of um, incorporated a educational um, point as well. So we have somebody talking about malt and yeast, uh, water and hops, and I'll be adding in there with a little bit on Pink Boots Canada and what we're doing for our Canadian members. Oh, I love that. And we talked about this before we actually started recording, but Natasha was the host brewer for my very first Pink Boots brew. Uh, not my last either, but... Um, and fourth. And, and, and second. And <laughs> yes. Pre-led. That was one of the last things we did before the lockdown was yes. uh, that Sunday at Last Best in Calgary Brewing. So definitely fond in my mind. Now, Cheyenne, you used to be the uh, Pink Boots chapter president of Washington. Yes. Yeah. The Seattle chapter in Washington. Uh, I was, unfortunately for me, uh, I started right at the very beginning of COVID. Uh, so back in 2020. So that was, um, you know, we had to pivot a little bit and find some fun things to do uh, separate from each other. But yeah, it was a fun, fun time for everyone. Any like favorite past Pink Boots brews that you've done? Oh, God. Uh, I, I love hosting them. I always think it's super fun to, uh, put all the work into kind of planning. And, you know, as we'll hear a little bit in this episode of the people who are planning their pink boots, you get people involved and that's the most fun part where you kind of get to talk about the recipe building and all of that. So I love getting to host them. That's my favorite part. So I did uh, quite a few hosts at my, uh, my old brewery drew brew and snow call me pass. 
Oh, that's awesome. A couple of things we're going to touch on today. Uh, my lovely friend, uh, Shanley Thompson from Yakima Chief Hops is going to be joining me so we can kind of fill everybody in on our little bad weather tour that we've been doing through Western Canada. Um through this year. Uh, and then of course, we're going to have another Ask Abby segment. So make sure to stay tuned and listen to those. I'm uh, very excited for the Ask Abby segment. That one's going to be a fun one this time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, before we get into it, uh, our guests today include Brittany Fry from Mad Tree Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Carly Pretty McDonald from Tofino Brewing in Vancouver Island. Uh, they are both talking with us today about their Pink Boots brews. So let's get into it. And we are joined now by Brittany Fry, uh, production manager from Mad Tree Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she is also the chapter leader of the Cincinnati uh, Pink Boots. Welcome, Brittany. Hi. Great to be on here. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Let's just dive right in. And why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into uh, the industry and yeah, all about you. Sure. Um, Quick synopsis, I guess. Um, I born here in Cincinnati. I uh, haven't really left, obviously. And I've been with Madry Brewing now for three years, just celebrated that this past December and have been in my current role for two. Previous to that, I was a brewer, um, production brewer at Madry. And um, I am one of the Cincinnati State graduates. They have a brewing science program. Um, so from that program, I was a co-op at a smaller brewery here locally uh, called Swine City. And from there, I gained a ton of knowledge and then migrated over to Madtree to get more production brewing under my belt. Um, when I'm not at work, I am hanging out with my two dogs and my husband. And we like to go camping, hiking. Um, they are getting older, so we tend to find ourselves hanging out a lot more on breweries' patios. Mm-hmm. I do that with my dog all the time. Both Shia yeah. and I have seen your dogs too. Oh. <laughs> we love old dogs. <laughs> oh, they're the best snuggle buddies ever. Mm-hmm. I love them. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, can you kind of dive into a little bit about the history of Mad Tree itself? Sure. Um, so Madry started out on a 15 barrel system back in 2013 in Oakley, Ohio. Um, it's a suburb of Cincinnati. And they were brewing seven days a week, about uh, six to seven turns a day on the 15 barrel system. Um, we were the first canned beer in Ohio with our house IPA psychopathy. And from there, we just exponentially grew. So in 2017, we moved into our current facility that houses a 100-barrel brew house and then our tried-and-true 15-barrel for test batching. Um, We've grown the past 10 years. Actually, we just celebrated 10 years last week. Oh, that's awesome. It's their gigantic party (laughs) Um, and celebrated with some of our brewery friends in the Cincinnati area and outside uh, with their beers. Uh, Yeah, uh, with the 10 years of our business, we've grown um, to the second location and we just opened up a restaurant uh, tap room down in the Over the Rhine district in Cincinnati last year. And we have more room to grow. Uh, We're already talking about our next tap room that'll be coming in the Cincinnati area soon. So things to look forward to. Yes, yes. Lots of good things. <laughs> so a lot of the things that I'm kind of seeing about Madtree when I was, you know, playing on the website there, um, all about sustainability. Yes, um, that is one of our highly practiced um, beliefs here at, at Madtree. We are part of the 1% for the planet. Um, what that kind of means is 1% of our profits is donated to um, nonprofit locations that are focused on our core values. So one of our bigger nonprofits in the area is the Cincinnati Zoo. We work with the Cincinnati Parks Foundations. Um, there's a couple other nonprofits that is called Adventure Crew. Um, and we focus on helping them reach their goals to help build the Cincinnati area. So that's either through our profit dollars, um, but then also 
everyone in our company, um, whether you're part-time or full-time, has volunteer hours where we go and we help these nonprofits as well. We've gone down to help um, make new trails in the Cincinnati area in our hiking systems. We've helped plant, I think last year was over 5,000 trees. Oh, wow. Um, we have a lot of push in the local area to help build the canopy um, in the lower canopied areas that are in the main city of Cincinnati is one of our biggest constant pushes for helping these nonprofits. That's wonderful. Very community driven. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like between all of the 1% uh, for the planet volunteering that you're doing, plus uh, volunteering in your local Pink Boots chapter, you're very kind of community oriented, it sounds like. Yes. And I, I would say like, it's really helped me build as a person. Um, being involved with all of the stuff that Madri has offered us, but then pushing myself to help others see the benefit of pushing your community up. That's that's wonderful. That's very cool. Well, kind of, you know, focusing more on the pink boots aspect of everything. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing to celebrate International Women's Day this year? Yeah. Um, so every year we build a beverage where we collaborate with all of the identifying females within Matri. Um, we choose the beverage and we work on the recipe together. We really hone in on educating our employees on the process of making our products. It's always been one of the core um, things that we've worked on with this program internally. So in the past, we've always chosen uh, what we call a trailblazer woman, and though that person is featured on our product, as well as we dive into the history of them and pull some really cool things about them into the recipe of the product. And I keep saying product because this year it's not a beer, <laughs> um, which is the first time ever. So for instance, in the past, uh, last year, we chose Katherine Johnston, um, who worked with NASA, one of the NASA computers. And I decided to use some Apollo hops in there as well as some Comet. We had um, a special Thylaws yeast from Berkeley um that we use it was very space themed with all of our ingredients and then she was featured on the can wow that's wonderful. This, what a cool idea yeah it's it's a lot of fun um kind of like pushing my boundaries as a brewer and recipe writer but then also being able to include so many other great ideas from all the women has really like helped push this program farther than what I ever thought it would have been when we kind of incorporated it five years ago. Yeah, for sure. And so this year you're doing a ready to drink beverage for International Women's Day. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so we launched a new product line last year called Sway. It's a ready to drink cocktail. Uh, it's a vodka base and it's around four and a half percent with always like two flavors involved with it. And this year for International Women's Day, we decided to change it up and um, really push ourselves to teach our employees what how this product is developed. Um, and so people can kind of see the behind the scenes, what goes into building a ready to drink cocktail. So this year we, um, as a group, we decided to honor uh, the great Dolly Parton and uh, so she is Amazing. on the can. Oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's such a beautiful can. I like, I I told our artist, I was like, you literally brought me to tears when I saw this. It's so beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're doing a ready to drink cocktail. It'll be peach and blueberry flavored. And instead of the usual four and a half percent that we've had with these products in the past, we're pushing ourselves to create a 7.6%. Um, yeah, it's, it is so good. Um, we've done a lot of research on how we can create higher ABV ready to drink cocktails and not have like that burning sensation um, mm -hmm. that you get with higher ABV products. So we've learned as the women of Madri how to create this product. 
uh, we went through three different sensory trials to dial in the best recipe that we could. And we're also expanding our knowledge in this ready to drink cocktail line so we can keep creating and expanding this line in the future. That sounds so cool. I love that idea. Dolly Parton, peach blueberry, like I'm, I'm in. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> we're, we're very excited. Yeah, no, I am too. And I, I don't even live in Ohio. I might have to make a trip out there to get some. We're, we're calling, we're calling CJ immediately. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tell CJ to come and get you guys some. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, you already kind of touched on it a little bit, how you're working with the women of Mad Tree to kind of collaborate on this recipe together. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about how you're incorporating, you know, educational components into the blending day with all of the women from your company? Sure. Um, so this year with going to a ready to drink beverage, it was very different because um, in the past they would just join me on the brew deck and, um, you know, we would have a, a great time together and learning. This year obviously is a little different um, because it's just all on the cold side. We're blending the product in our bright tank, carbonating it and then packaging it the next day. Um, so the education more came while we were dialing in the recipe to understand what ratios of the peach and the blueberry worked best. Um, and so the women of Madry, they got to understand more of what's the behind the scene, what our lab does for this type of product. Uh, we have a statistician that we work with locally that helps us pull in all of our sensory um, components that we do for all of these. I think for Dolly, we must have had like over 55 different renditions of a peach wow. and a blueberry blend. Um, he brought all that in together for us and we got to go from there and basically picked the optimums from all of those different choices. And all of the women got to help that part of the process. So they're understanding from the very beginning when we just get a few little samples to how we really dial in that perfect recipe for that product and then how we package it. That's very cool. So it sounds like a lot of sensory was involved with the group. Yes, yeah. And um, a lot of our women have been very keen onto beer sensory. So this was a whole different type of sensory learning experiment for them. That's very cool. Uh, I love that. You know, sensory is so important in, in our industry. So it's very cool that you get a chance to kind of do that as a group together. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, like we mentioned kind of at the top of the, the recording here, uh, you are the Pink Boots chapter leader for your Cincinnati chapter. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your Pink Boots chapter right now? Is there anything that you're currently working on? So we're not working on anything Currently, right now, as a chapter, there um, has been a lot of more individual breweries in the area that are collaborating with the Pink Boots. And um, if we're able to go on those brew days, the, we go. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us always are working <laughs> during a typical <laughs> brew day session. So it's, it's less frequented, unfortunately, by us, but we go to the releases. Um, Actually, it's been really cool this year to see how the breweries are expanding. You know, they are collaborating with Pink Boots, but they're also choosing some other nonprofits locally that this is benefiting. Um, for example, like Urban Artifact, who's in Cincinnati, and Yellow Springs Brewery up in Dayton. They collaborated, and a part of their profits are going to the Cincinnati Brewing Science Program to help in identifying female with a scholarship. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's everyone is kind of understanding how we can help each other and continue to diversify the brewing industry. And they're using, you know, inspiration from these brew days to kind of help see where the gaps are and how they can help close those gaps. Very cool. Well, something else really awesome that was kind of brought to our attention that you do is this Ascending Women program. Oh, yes, that's it's it's such a really cool program. And it actually kind of all started with our International Women's Day a couple of years ago. Um, we brewed our beer inspired by Malala 
And this was right before we had to shut down for COVID. We had a a local woman come in and just kind of, we just had like a, a chat. It was about, I, I can't remember the subject now. It was a couple of years ago and COVID always feels like it added five years to everyone's lives. It definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> um, but it, it was a way that we invited all of the identifying females of Madtree. We came together, we had like a little luncheon. Uh, we celebrated our beer that we had packaged the day before. And from there, it inspired our private events team and our consumer experience team to put together something once a month where, um, you know, we're we're pulling in people that can talk about different subject matters that, yes, it does like appeal mostly to women, but it can expand outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um so, for example, for February, we just had one, actually it was last night, um, where the panel discussed self-love. And it's either local women that are brought in, um, that are a part of the panel, or at least close by. And it's just a couple hours of sitting and listening to this panel. Uh, we have women-owned businesses that are also represented there. And it's just kind of a way to build that community. Um locally. Oh, what an awesome program. That is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, before we kind of wrap this, A, I want to know when is Dolly being released? <laughs> uh, on International Women's Day, March 8th, it'll be in the tap room. And really cool this year, we're actually expanding this product to be out in our distribution network. Um, it's never left our tap room before. It's just grown every year from the beginning. And this year is our biggest year yet volume wise and farthest reaching wise. So you can find it on shelves too, which is amazing. Will that be all <laughs> over Ohio or just like in the Cincinnati area? Um, Just in the Cincinnati area and Northern Kentucky. Awesome. So everybody, uh, is it just called Dolly? I've just called, I'm just calling it Dolly now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's like it's dolly it's so beautiful on the front of the can it's so brightly colored and then it just has sway on the bottom um oh. so yeah like we we're calling it dolly awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> before we wrap if you could go back in time and uh you know, i mean you've been working in the industry for for quite a while now um and give yourself like any advice um before you actually got into the industry or right in your beginning stages like what would you say to yourself any you know, inspirational advice for little Brittany before she started making all the beer. (laughs) I wish I would have believed in myself more. Um, So I would definitely go back and push that really hard into myself. Um, Believe that you can do it. If like, if that person can do it, then sure as you can. (laughs) Um, There, yeah, a a lot of second guessing myself in the beginning. I wish I wouldn't have done it. 100% that I think that's like an ongoing theme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And awesome. And what inspires you about uh, the craft beer industry? I think just the community that it builds and that I never have to stop learning. There's just so much that is being done in beer and the craft beverage industry. I really honestly haven't stopped learning since day one. It's pretty cool that I'm not just like stuck. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Something new every day. Well, awesome, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us today. uh, Talking kind of pink boots and all that fun stuff. Um, Everybody uh, check out Mad Tree Brewing uh, and take a look for, if you're in the Cincinnati area, take a look for Dolly on the shelves. And we are now joined by Carly Pretty McDonald, uh, assistant brewer and kind of lovely lady in charge of QA and all things yeast at Tofino Brewing out on Vancouver Island. Welcome, Carly. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's just start, dive right in and tell us all about you and how you got into craft beer. Um, Okay, cool. Um, So basically, I graduated high school in 2013 and moved out of Surrey to little Kamloops for um, a bachelor of science at TRU. 
And along the way, I kind of got into the craft beer scene. My sister kind of, who's older than I am, was like, if you want to come home and hang out with me during the summer, you have to drink beer. Uh, so I was kind of like forced into craft beer at first, um, but learned to love it pretty quickly. Um, and then got into some more microbiology stuff throughout my degree and got really interested in like the powers of yeast and all the things it can do. Um, and at one point I needed to take some like elective credits and TRU was offering um, for their first, like the first time ever, they were offering um, like a brewing info kind of course. And I decided to take it and kind of had an open <gasps> moment where I was like, I don't want to be a vet anymore. I love this. I like, how do I get into this? And conveniently that same older sister was going to KPU um, where they offer the brewing program. She was like, oh, hey, they just started this whole brewing thing. Like maybe you should apply, give it a go. And so I said, screw it and tossed in an application. And well, one of the pros of being a female in the brewing industry is you kind of become like the token female. So I got in <laughs> no problem. And uh, yeah, so started at KPU. I think it was 20, maybe 2016, 2017. Um, and yeah, the rest is kind of history for there. Um, went through the program, graduated 2019. Uh, met some really great people, started my first brewing job at Yellow Dog Brewing in Port Moody, uh, where I kind of started on the packaging line and worked my way up to Cellarman or Cellar Woman, it's the person, the cellar dweller, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, from there, I got a opportunity to actually do some brewing at R&B. Um, and that was through a friend of my, Kaz, who was the head brewer, and we had met through KPU. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, got a lot of experience there. He really helped me like gain some confidence in uh, my abilities at, at, in terms of brewing and like recipe development. Um, and then from there, where did I go from there? Um, oh, I went to uh, Fraser Mills, which is also in Port Moody. And my friend Christy, who is also a uh, alumni of the brewing program, hired me on as her assistant. And so uh, when I first started, the brewery was still just kind of uh, empty tanks and like being put together and lots of construction happening. Um, so her and I basically um, were just designing recipes, uh, planning uh, like brews, making SOPs, all that kind of fun stuff. And then just like learning how to brew on this. Um, it was relatively uh, like high tech brew system for how small it was. It, it was only like 14 heck or something pretty itty bitty. But yeah, that was a great experience. Just learning how to like start from nothing. Um, and then was there for two years and um, just got really tired of the rat race. It was just go, go, go. It never really seemed to stop. I didn't really have a life outside of beer for a really, really long time and was feeling um, kind of like the, the, passion and the love for brewing was kind of dead and I needed something to kind of revamp that and revive that. And, uh, yeah, just happened to see that, uh, Tofino brewing was hiring and I was like, there's no way I would get hired at Tofino brewing, like still relatively new to the whole thing. And uh, like they're, they've been around since 2011. Like they probably want somebody more experienced anyways, happened to toss in a, a, a resume and got an email like two days later from Andy, the head brewer. And he's like, hey, I'd love to set up an interview. And yeah, we ended up just like chatting on the phone for two hours about kinds of beer we like and like things we don't really love about the industry and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, now here I am. I've uh, been here for, it'll be a year in April. So still pretty new to Tofino, but um, I've been having like a really great time with it. And yeah. That's awesome. I loved Fino. We were making Cheyenne kind of Google where Tofino is and look at pictures of Tofino today. And I think she's probably pretty jealous of your general location right now. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I don't know how to surf, but uh, looking at the photos of Tofino makes me want to learn how to surf. 
Um, I also don't know how to surf. Um, people from Tofino that may be listening to this, please do not come for me. <laughs> have <laughs> um, you tried since you moved out there? Because that. Yeah, I have in. tried. Um, so during the whole like interview kind of process, um, Andy seemed pretty keen to to get me out here. And so um, I had never been to Tofino before actually working here. And so the brewery brought me and my partner at the time out for like a little weekend to see if we even like the town, like the vibe. And um, one of the guys that works the brewery, his name's Alan. He was our sales rep at the time, but now he's kind of gotten into production side with us. Uh, he also was a surf instructor for five years. So he took us out surfing and it was great. It's tons of fun, but I just didn't quite catch the surfing bug. Heard it's really hard. I haven't tried either. I honestly am just, I've heard it's really, really hard. <laughs> it's very hard. But the kind of nice thing about Tofino is like, if you fall, you're just falling into like sand. Well, mm -hmm. like if you were to probably like, I don't know, surf off California, I actually don't know what California beaches look like, but maybe they're really rocky. I feel like that would be very painful. <laughs> Somebody write in and tell us what California beaches are like. We are not surf experts here. <laughs> Obviously not. You know what? Let's just change this to a surfing podcast and we can just, just make say, assumptions of what yeah, happens. <laughs> We're going to need some surfing experts. Anybody. Hosted by four non-surfers. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna do amazing uh it'll be very popular that's fantastic um yeah tell us a little bit more about tofino brewing um obviously i have been there um i'm gonna assume natasha's been there being a west coast uh girl herself uh yeah so they've been around since 2011 um started by two guys chris and brian just a couple of friends um they they had a lot of trouble getting this place open. Um, Tofino is very, it's pretty clicky in the terms of like what's going to be allowed in the town. Um, so it was a lot of uh, battling, but once they got it open, um, it was like a very needed like breath of life in town. Um, so they have been, able to actually expand a little bit they were in like a smaller building like a parking lot <laughs> across um so they i think expanded maybe two or three years ago and uh that was the place that you saw now heather um yeah i don't know i'm still pretty new to it i don't have the full like story of tofino brewing i just know that they have been like an incredible company to work for it's it's been like a really supportive place. Um, when I first, well, two months into my employment, I actually got like second degree burns down my leg and I was like, oh crap, like, here we go. I'm going to have such a headache of like, just like getting workers comp or just like, I just thought I was going to be like judged or like whatever, you know, the stress of like mm -hmm. being a new employee, you don't want to like ruffle any feathers or anything like that. Um, but I was treated with like nothing but respect and kindness, which was really nice. It was definitely something different um, from other places that I've worked at. Um, they've, yeah, they've just been like really on my side from the get go. And I have honestly never felt like more respected in a place than I have here. Um, so if anybody wants to like work at Tofino Brewing, like I would absolutely endorse that. Um, Chris, the owner is like a really solid guy. The guys in production, like, I don't know, there's just no ego involved. Um, Andy, he's got a lot, many, many more years of brewing experience than I do. Um, he's been a home brewer for years and then has been at Tofino Brewing for a long time. And when I rolled in, I like have a lot of ideas there's different things that i've done in terms of like how to like crop yeast or uh, uh things of that nature like they they didn't crop yeast and reuse it before and that's something that i'm very much for uh it just saves the brewery a lot of money and i mean if you have it why not use it again instead of just dumping it down the drain seems pretty mm -hmm. wasteful um and so i just had all these ideas and andy was like yeah let's do it like if you know something that I don't, I'd love to learn. And, and I feel the same with him. Like he's got knowledge that 
he's happy to share with me. And uh, yeah, it just never felt like I was like stepping on anybody's toes. I like all ideas were welcomed, which was really, really cool. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, you know, this episode, we are chatting about uh, the Pink Boots collaboration brews that folks are doing this year. So can you tell us a little bit about what you plan to brew this year for the Pink Boots collaboration brew? For sure. Um, so for this year, uh, we wanted to do um, a apricot white IPA. And um, we had planned it or started planning it um, late last year, just because we knew that there was going to be a little bit of work put into it in terms of like recipe design, well, coming up with an idea of recipe design, label design, all that kind of fun stuff. And I really wanted to get um, the ladies in the tasting room involved. I'm the only woman or like female identifying on the production team. And so I was like, well, I don't want to do this by myself. Like I, I would love to include anybody who wants to come in. And so I I gathered the ladies and we sat down and kind of started brainstorming one evening over a beer. And um, they basically came up with the idea themselves for an IPA. And they were kind of hoping for something um, for they wanted an IPA because they didn't want to like, in their words, like use like make a girly beer. Um, They wanted to be like high alcohol, like really punchy. Um, but they also didn't want to do like a West coast IPA because they know what their customers like. And they're, they're kind of moving away from that super overpowering piney kind of taste. And so, um, they're like, is there anything that we can do that's still high alcohol, like really like juicy, maybe we can add some fruit into it. And I, I had pitched, um, the white IPA, which they were pretty gung ho about, um, so yeah, that was kind of how it started. And then um, I basically just came up with the recipe and showed the ladies. They liked it. They wanted to do apricot. Um, we originally were trying to plan for something more of a like a local fruit. Um, but unfortunately, like there's not a lot growing fruit wise on the island unless we were going to do something like salal berries or maybe even like a salmon berry, but that's pretty hard to source. Um, and so they went apricot because they were like, well, it's like still grown in the interior. So it's still like kind of BC, you know, kind of local, very like stretching it a bit, but um, yeah. So that's what they came up with. And um, yeah, we just ran with it and we actually just got our, um, labels for it this week, which is very exciting. They had drawn, uh, drawn up a couple things and yeah, so we're very excited. It's going to be called pitted because, you know, <laughs> surf great. community, why not? <laughs> They're all I a bunch it. of surfers. Yeah. Um, you've got the, you've got the pun down. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're very excited. Um, I'm hoping that like a lot of them will show up on Wednesday. I think it'll be fun. I'd really love to like just teach them and show them like what I do on a brew day. Um, I'd love to give them some brewer's tea. So like some wort and a shot of Jameson, get them warmed up and excited. That's like a uh, rite of passage for any uh, Pink Boots collaboration brew, oh, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just hoping they're excited about it. And I just thought the... Uh, pink boots blend was saying like it's going to be citrusy and kind of tropically so I was like oh well apricot white IPA like those hops will like be perfect yeah that sounds awesome also tossing in a bit of Nelson Sauvin uh, just for like a little bit of like a white wine character so Mm -hmm. I think it'll be nice Well, it's awesome to hear that it kind of, you know, it sounds like the recipe development was kind of a collaborative effort uh, with you and your entire team. Uh, So that's really cool to hear. I love to hear that stuff. Well, I just didn't want it to be like, this is my brew. I wanted it to definitely be like, no, this is all of ours. You guys are the ones like they're the faces essentially in the tasting room. They they're the ones that sell it. I I'm not, I don't do that. That's not my strong suit. That's their strong suit. So I wanted them to be like really passionate about it and, and be excited to sell something. Cause like how, how else are you going to sell something 
so passionately if you're not involved like Mm -hmm. I don't know It, it, it just it felt right to keep them included and and they came up with a great idea so I think uh next Wednesday when we actually brew this thing it'll be awesome and fun and I hope I have a good turnout in terms of bodies because I don't want to grain out by myself. <laughs> yeah, nobody oh, wants to do that. <laughs> no way. That's uh, awesome that you're involving so many people. It's I love hosting folks on the brew day and like having them learn something about, you know, what we do in in production, right? So it's really cool to hear that you have a bunch of folks who are gonna come and help you and have helped with the development um, of beer. Yeah. Really interesting too, like having the tap room staff um, give their feedback on what people are asking for, like be able to provide their feedback on what their customers are actually looking for when it comes to beer, because they would know the best. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to make something that was just going to sit in our warehouse. Um, Of course, like I want us all to have fun and it to be something that they like. But at the same time, it's still a business and um, th- they would know better than I do what, what is selling um, or what people are asking for, at least. Um, and so I definitely thought they were like quite the asset to get involved. Definitely a team effort. So that's super cool to hear. Um, you kind of touched a little bit already on how, you know, the citrus notes of the Pink Boots blend this year, you're using that in your apricot white IPA. Uh, can you kind of dig a little bit more and tell us about, you know, how that hot blend is going to kind of play into your recipe development and, and what you hope to to see in your final product? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just really hoping that it will like really accentuate the kind of like juicy tropical um, flavors of an apricot or, or stone fruit flavors of an apricot. I just would really like this to be like a nice, juicy, approachable IPA. Um, and I really think that those citrus stone fruit tropical notes will really help push that forward. And I think the little bit of herbaceousness will kind of round that flavor a bit. Um, I just want this to be well, what we were planning for this to be is like a very approachable IPA. I don't want people to be scared of IPAs. They're not all these like crazy bitter bombs. Like they are quite complex and quite delicious when you give them a chance. I just, I find that like a lot of breweries when they have their like tasting notes underneath like an IPA, it'll be like bitter or hoppy. And it's just like, well, what does that mean? Hoppiness could be a lot of things like every hop has a different characteristic. So like, what does, what does hoppy mean? And so I just want this to be something that um, even somebody who says they don't like IPAs is going to like because of those nice citrusy uh, stone fruit notes of the hop. Accessible to all beer drinkers. I love that. Exactly. I love the aspect of like the education too, right? Because it's like, what does hoppy mean? Did do you do any educational components with the team when you're getting ready to do recipe development? And do you think that that'll kind of play out into educating the folks who are coming into your tap room about it? Yeah, absolutely. So like, like I was saying to you guys, like explaining to them, like, when we're describing a beer, like we shouldn't be, well, not that you shouldn't, but I like to stay away from things like hoppy because it's just, it's too broad. Like what, there's so many aspects to hops and to just like narrow it down to such a, to word as hoppy, like as a consumer, I'd be like, well, what, what does that mean? And so I sat them down and was kind of explaining, um, how hops like how first of all there's so many strains of hops how every hop has a different characteristic they're used for different things whether it be bittering or aroma or a blend of the two um so we definitely had to like sit down and kind of like dig through that a bit because they're like there was a little bit of confusion of like like what hops do and when they're added or how they're added. Um, So we definitely talked about that in quite a lot of detail, which was really cool. Um, 
And so I, I'm hoping that they've kind of like expressed that to the customers since that meeting. And I hope that that conversation will continue. Um, during my KP, like time at KP, we did a lot of uh, sensory training. And that's definitely something that I would like to continue to bring to any place that I work. Um, and one of the things that we would like to tackle this year, we tried to tackle it last year, but it got a little crazy, is sensory training and teaching our staff, specifically the tasting room staff, how to identify like off flavors in beer. Um, just so that like if a customer ever comes up and they're like, oh, this beer tastes gross, they can kind of maybe like dig a little deeper with that customer and be like, oh, well, like, what does it taste like? And then go taste it for themselves. And maybe it's diacetyl or maybe it's like acetylaldehyde or whatever, like hopefully not something crazy like isovaleric because that would be awful. But um, yeah, just getting them to be able to identify like the the nuances of beer because it, it is complex and I don't think a lot of people realize that and so I think during that little sit down session when we were talking about a recipe I think they real realized like how much actually goes into planning a beer uh, things that you should expect during the fermentation process and all that kind of fun stuff or things that I think is fun stuff yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think sometimes beer gets a bad rap of being like a simple beverage, but there's so much nuance that goes into designing a recipe. And I mean, you're talking about one component there with the hops and there's so much more that goes into it, right? So it's pretty rad that we can take all of that education that you have, you can translate it to the staff and then it's just a benefit to the beer community where you're at too. Totally. And it's just, I don't know, you can definitely make it like just fun for them. It's just a new way to even serve a beer. I'm If you have a bunch of regulars on a slow night, you can even just like sit them down um, and like show them or try to describe to them like the differences in taste between like a Pilsner and a lager or like a Pilsner and a blonde. And yeah, they seem like such similar beers, but if you really try there, you can break down like the subtle differences of them all. I agree. And that's why I always say there's a beer for everybody, everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> agree. You with will that. find one. <laughs> that's great. Um, so you're going to be brewing on March 8th. Uh, when can we look for this release? Is it going to be tap room only? Are we going to see it in cans? Uh, you will be seeing it in cans. Uh, the release date will probably be like anywhere between I would say like two and a half weeks to like four weeks after brewing it. Um, it'll be in cans. It's quite the epic label. However, with so these, it'll be brewed under like our quote unquote pilot batch system. It's 35 hex. So like still quite large. Mm -hmm. um, but for those beers, we typically just sell them in cans out of our uh, tasting room. Um, so you'll just have to come to Tofino and try oh, it. Shucks. I want to touch on a couple more things, Carly, because uh, we did this last year and I really, really liked it uh, when we did our Pink Boots um, brew uh, podcast last year. We asked all the um, brewers that we had come on and talk what uh, kind of inspires them and what kind of inspired them to get into the industry. Um, and also, if you could like go back in time and give... Car, little Carly, some advice before she got into the craft beer industry, what would you tell yourself? Ooh, okay. So just like a couple questions. <laughs> um, so I guess if I had to go back to little Carly to get ready for the brewing industry, I'd say um, get ready to get dirty. Uh, um, <laughs> Excellent <and> advice. <laughs> first of all, get some good boots. <laughs> um, uh also, always make sure you're wearing proper, like, PPE. Mm -hmm. There's been one too many times that I've gotten hurt during brewing. Um, I guess it would just be, like, don't be discouraged. There are a couple bad eggs that will make you, like, question why you're in this. Mm -hmm. um, but do not doubt your skill and do not doubt your knowledge it, maybe it's just not the right fit for you, but you will find your little brewing family. And so far, I've kept that little brewing family that I've made along the way. And they have been nothing but supportive and nothing but like my little cheerleaders in the background, even if I don't get to see them every day. Um, 
In terms of what inspires me, um, well, just like in my general life, like Stevie Nicks, God bless her. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Total bad. Uh, and it's just Fantastic like, answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, just like, don't let anybody like, just don't listen to the bullshit. You're awesome. And if you want to roast your ex on stage, freaking roast your ex on stage. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but in terms of beer, um, I had some really great instructors at KPU. Um, Nancy Moore. I don't know if you guys know Nancy. She's kind of an icon in the brewing or like at least in the circle that I've been in. She's quite the icon. Um, uh, I would definitely recommend looking her up because she's done a lot for the beer industry all over the world, has opened up many, many breweries throughout the world. And she's just so freaking cool. If I could be like a fraction of how cool Nancy Moore is, I think I would die very happily. Um, so I would definitely look into her. She's just like, just so cool and down to earth and just knows her stuff and is so easily approachable. Like just, she wants to talk beer and like have a pint with you. She's great. Um, and then Martina, she was the microbiologist at KPU. Um, she's fantastic. And I've learned so much for her in terms of just like, um, laboratory, like procedures and yeah, she's really cool too. So I would say like in the brewing industry, they are my inspiration. I would love to just like shout them out constantly. They're great. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I, I guess I draw my inspiration from is these wonderful women that I have met throughout my journey here. Uh, and then Stevie Nicks, who is just awesome all the time. <laughs> bad. Super bad. So I'm sorry, Nancy, she, she was one of the first female brewmasters in Canada, was she not? Hell yeah, she was. Yeah. And Natasha, did she not moderate the panel you were on? She did. Yeah. Yes. She moderated our panel at the BC Craft Brewers Conference. It was pretty awesome. She's also going to be an upcoming guest speaker at our educational series for Pink Boots Canada this year. So we're really excited to have her on for our members. Oh, everybody who's listening to this podcast, go to that because Nancy is amazing. <laughs> Big shout out to Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, is there anything else kind of going on at the brewery that you want to plug? Um, I know you're probably a lot busier come summer months and stuff, um, but you know, anything kind of up and coming that we should look for with Tofino Brewing? Um, well, of course the, uh, International Women's Day Brew for mm -hmm. sure. Come check that out. Um, Honestly, just keep an eye on our social media. We have some pretty fun things planned. We're going to be trying some very old, old, old school brewing techniques here. Um, I think next month, actually. Um, so I won't dive into it too much just in case things change. But um, yeah, just think uh, good old Finnish beer styles. Um, so we're doing some crazy things. We're just trying to keep ourselves interesting and innovative um yeah so i would just say just keep an eye on the social media because some crazy stuff's coming down the pipe this year that i'm very excited for awesome I'm very yeah. intrigued i love me this. too <laughs> uh well awesome thank you so much for joining us today carly uh it was great to get to talk to you again uh, and talk beer with you and i mean if you insist i will definitely make my way back out to Davino to come and visit you soon thanks again for having me all right. Uh, now I am joined by uh, my partner in crime right now uh, and not a stranger to our podcast, Shanley Thompson from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome, Shanley. Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I mentioned my partner in crime right now. Um, obviously, Shanley and I have the same sales territory. We both take care of Western Canada. Um, but we've kind of been working on, um, a little fun trip through the winter months, um, called the bad weather tour. And, uh, we just kind of wanted to chat a little bit about it. Let everybody kind of know what we're doing, where to find us, where to follow along with everything. Um, but Shelly, this is your brainchild. So I will let you kind of give the lowdown to everybody listening. Amazing. <laughs> the viewers. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it all started really with, uh, you know, 
discussing water travel plans were for co-travel uh, coming up for the winter months. Again, like Heather said, we have the same territory. So that includes basically Winnipeg and Saskatchewan West and North. So that's Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, Nunavut, Yukon and Northwest Territory. So we were discussing how we were going to navigate seeing everyone or a good proportion of people in the winter months, because a lot of them are inaccessible or less accessible during the months of really October to May. Mm-hmm. So when we were discussing um, what we were going to do for travel and where we were going to go, uh, I, I think we were discussing, you know, setting up these crop updates like we had done for the BC beer con and you know discussing in depth a little bit more about the agricultural components of our territory and uh and our companies in general. So when we when we went to go discuss that, I thought to myself, it would be really funny if we did like, you know, kind of a tour, like we're rock stars, but obviously <laughs> we're discussing <laughs> ingredients for brewing, which is not it's super sexy, um, but I, uh, I was going to say we're not not rock stars. I mean, we are right? rock stars. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. But I thought you know that would be really fun to do something kind of like a tour and have merch and just be really silly about it. So I think that's really where the idea came from, and then um, <laughs> then really the the name came from the fact that it is really miserable it's in been- most of the places we went and are going at this time of year. So bad weather was born. Yeah. The bad weather tour has really been living up to its name as well. Uh, we were in torrential downpours when we were on the island <laughs> uh, and crazy winds. And then Saskatchewan really showed up with the oh, minus yeah. 40 degrees with the wind chill. So last oh, week when we were there. So yeah, we do have, we have a website. Uh, we have an Instagram. Everybody can go ahead and follow. It's just at bad weather tour. Um, if uh, it'll kind of give you a synopsis of where we're going and what we're talking about. Um, of course, Shanley and I both have really strong backgrounds in the brewing industry. Um, Shanley has a background in food science um, as well. So we really want to ensure that we're providing information to brewers and brewery owners and kind of everybody in the industry about what's going on um, with barley crops and hop crops and uh, um, everything right now. I think, yeah, exactly. That's, we're really aiming to make this a more technically focused tour to discuss, you know, updates with, uh, updates in the market, not only for crops, but also what are the new techniques coming out? For example, mash hopping, um, what new products are being born of necessity, like the Euro pills, for example. These these ideas are not necessarily for us to be out here hard selling, but really just to discuss, you know, what what can be done. It's it's a difficult landscape right now for brewers and especially, uh, you know, in the supply side with really everything happening over the last few years. And what we're trying to provide is some additional information so people can make educated decisions based on new research coming out, the current crops, uh, and and really what's best for their brewery. Again, what you said, Heather, you know, we're both, you've been in the industry for what, 10 years plus now? Yeah, and I've been working in ingredient sales supply side um, and behind the scenes at breweries in front of people, all that good stuff for, for over 10 years as well. So I think what we also wanted to showcase is, you know, we're here as a, ref- a resource. We're here mm-hmm. as reference. We're here to help. We're here for you as brewers to be able to help you um, with what you need to know and what you need, you, what you need to know in order to make those educated decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are interested in checking out our website, it is badweathertour.com. Um, again, you can follow us along on Instagram as well. Um, there's always some entertaining content on there. Um, <laughs> uh, we do have merch. Um, can you tell them a little bit about where all the proceeds from our merch are going, Shan? Absolutely. So our merch is available through our website. It is, um, First of all, it's order on demand, which allows it to be a little more sustainable. So essentially, we're not making these items um, in mass. So every time you order, it gets produced for you specifically. That way, we're not cluttering up a landfill when 2023 bad weather ends. 
uh, that's just the first thing I wanted to say, because I, I I think it's important to be you know, conscious of our sustainability when it comes to these, these endeavors. But also, uh, yeah, it goes to the Michael uh, Jackson Foundation for Brewing Distilling, um, which is such an important uh, you know, scholarship and educational, uh, foundation. So all of our proceeds, um, all of our profits go to that, that scholarship fund. Awesome. Well, thanks for hopping on today, Shan. You're welcome. And we are back with our new favorite segment, Ask Abby, where we get to ask Abby, who is our uh, product marketing manager, uh, any question we want, anything, Abby, we can ask you anything. Anything, <laughs> anything you want. It's a dangerous game. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, awesome. So the first question that we got after uh, our head retention episode, we got this question. How do proteins and pH levels affect head retention? It's a great question. It's a very broad one. Um, so I could go on and on and on. Uh, I know that we covered some of this in our last episode. Like you said, don't lose your head. Uh, where we discuss science of head retention with John Downing and Jeremy Ross. Um, I could get really in-depth, like I said, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Um, there are a few factors when it comes to proteins and head retention, so I'm just going to stick to focusing on pH and its importance for proteins in the brewing process. Um, optimal pH is important in the mash as it influences enzyme efficiency um, in converting sugars as well as breaking down proteins. Uh, some enzymes that are responsible for protein breakdown are more efficient at lower pH levels, which is around 5.2 to 5.4. Um, so lower mash pH can actually affect pro protein solubility as well as your distribution of light chain and medium chain proteins. Um, a higher level of medium-shaped proteins um, typically results in more head retention. So during the boil, a lower pH can reduce uh, protein coagulation and improve clarity. However, a lower pH does also reduce the alpha acid extraction, um, which is another important factor in your beer's head retention. Finally, through fermentation and in the finished beer, a lower pH is optimal for head retention. Something to watch out for is dry hopping, which can also um, result in increased pH in the beer. So this in turn reduces um, your head retention. The funny thing is that the exact compound responsible for the increase in pH hasn't really been identified in dry hopping yet. Um, there are theories that the shift in pH comes from the leaf of the hop and not the glands. So that's kind of a fun fact for you. Um, I think I'm just going to leave it at that because I think we could have another episode on head retention. I think that might be in store, ladies. <laughs> we could definitely, definitely. <laughs> we could do a part two, I think. I, I feel like there's just so many factors and we was we got very broad, I think, with it. I mean, we could dissect every part definitely. of it. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, sure. Such and so Abby, to tack onto that question, and maybe maybe this isn't a thing, but do you know if you can go the other direction where if you go too low on pH, will it negatively affect head retention? Is it like a yes. balancing act? Yep. Yep, it is. Yep. You want to find that balance um, between the two of them with your pH. Got Otherwise, it. Otherwise, your head retention is definitely going to be affected. Yeah, for sure. That's good to know. Well, awesome. And then the second question that we have for you, uh, what are your favorite or recommended ways of brewing with RO water? Are there any calculators that you recommend? Ah, uh, yes. RO. Um, that's the blank canvas that we, some of us love. Um, I'm sure you all know RO is reverse osmosis, which is the treatment of the removal of all minerals from resident water. Um, typically, your resident water dictates the style of beers you can ideally make at your brewery. And some prefer it this way, but others prefer to not be limited by their local supply. Um, that being said, brewing with RO water uh, reduces some of those complexities of beers brewed with regular water, uh, making the brew a little less bright and flavorful. Therefore, you're going to have to, I'm using my finger quotes right now, uh, decorate your brew um, with a few minerals to bring those complexities back in. Uh, the first step in brewing with RO is knowing your end goals. You want to know what kind of style you're going for, and you want to know um, from there what minerals you want to add back in to achieve those goals. Uh, the most important mineral that's missing from RO water um, when we brew is calcium. Uh, calcium interacts with polypeptides and phosphates uh, from malt to affect mash. It also stabilizes alpha amylase. It involves breakdown um, formation and wort, and it can also influence yeast. Um, so it's really important 
There are two different kinds of calcium that you can add to your RO water to improve taste. There's calcium chloride and calcium sulfate. Uh, calcium chloride tends to soften the mouthfeel a little bit more and accentuate the malt character, whereas calcium sulfate contributes a little bit more of a drier finish and enhances hop character. Um, from here, there's a whole slew of, of additives that you can, um, you may need to, or you might want to utilize when you're brewing with RO water. I wouldn't say that I have a personal favorite because like I said, you have to know your end goal um, and that changes with beer styles. Um, some of the additives that you can use are Epsom salt, which is used for the magnesium um, and sulfate contribution. Then you have table salts, which is otherwise known as sodium chloride. This brings sodium and chloride into the water. I also know some folks who use chalk or calcium carbonate to raise the mash pH. I personally don't recommend this because it kind of creates a cloudy mess and it doesn't dissolve very well in my experience. Um, to raise the mass mash pH, uh, you can add baking soda. Sometimes that's not ideal because it still adds in that sodium into your water. Um, if you don't want to do this, you can add pickling lime, which is calcium hydroxide. Um, that's another option for buffering or raising pH. Um, lactic acid can be used to acidify strike and sparge water. There are just so many different routes that you can go depending on your end goal and beer style. Um, as far as calculators, I personally have not had the pleasure of using one myself yet, but when I asked some of my favorite brewers um, what they recommend, they all said brew in water. So it's spelled B-R-U-N water. Um, and this calculator is a spreadsheet like most of the other calculators. Uh, my friend Aaron said that it's actually, he learned a lot more about water chemistry, just tinkering with this calculator than anything else in his career. Um, so this might be a really great way to start learning um, about the different additives that I talked about um, and how it can affect your brew. That's awesome. And it seems like a really perfect question to kind of tie in with the first question you got, you know, where you're talking, talking about something different, you're talking about head retention, but we're still kind of going back to pH. So Definitely. Uh, that's a super cool question. We might have to do a full episode on uh, water chemistry and pH, I think. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, to wrap up, we've been asking all of our guests, what advice would you have for your younger self before getting into the craft beverage industry? Hmm. Let's see. That's a good question. I, you know, honestly, I would say buy good boots. It's worth it. <laughs> um, I had the crappiest boots for the longest time and definitely worth it to buy the good ones. Um, another thing I would say is just remember, you're not going to learn everything in one day. Um, time and experience are the best way to learn and it's okay to fail along the way. Um, as a woman in the industry, I would say it's you're going to be surrounded by men and it's not worth it to get mad when they don't look at you. When you speak, just keep moving and don't let it distract you. Um, trust me, you're going to end up with a pretty great seat at the table. So that's what I would tell young me. <laughs> that was awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, Abby. Thanks so yeah. much, Abby. If anyone out there has any questions uh, that they would like Abby to cover, uh, please shoot us an email at thebrewdeck at countrymalt.com. Well, that is a wrap for today for the Brew Deck Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, great big thank you to Carly uh, from Tofino Brewing and Brittany from Mad Tree Brewing. Happy International Women's Day to everyone listening. Make sure if you're um, not participating in a brew to go out there and look on the shelves for uh, Pink Boots beer near you. And if you're interested in finding out more about Pink Boots Canada, you can follow us on social media at Pink Boots Canada and find out about events and beer releases near you. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks celebrating Women's History Month uh, by exploring history of women in the brewing industry. And don't forget to subscribe to the Brew Deck podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.